0: We are two queer femme nerds of color who use humor and fun to take your favorite convention's diversity panel and turn it into a year-round conversation. I'm Justine. And I'm Noelle. And welcome to our episode 12. Woo! So for today's episode, we have a really exciting topic that we're going to be discussing discussing we're going to be exploring masculinity through fandom and our title is behind the mask get it like mask Uh on your face Uh but we're going behind Uh it
1: because we're like talking about it wow 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 wow. (laughs) the extended explanation is always appreciated from our lovely just exactly let (laughs) me give context right right well let's go ahead and introduce who we have here today we let's go in the order. I don't know how everyone looks on the screen. <laughs> I don't know, but let's go.
2: Cal Manuel Jester King. Awesome. Uh, hi, my name is Cal. My pronouns are he, him, and his. Uh, I identify as a biomantic asexual trans man. Um, I am half Japanese, half Irish American, and I am a cosplayer and starting amateur filmmaker yeah Woo! welcome cal thanks for joining us yeah thank you for having me
3: how's it going everyone i'm manuel vialma my pronouns are they them i'm chicanx queer non-binary and i'm kind of a polymath i just like doing everything don't really stick to one thing
0: yeah What are some of the things that you're working on right now? I know you're also a podcaster, right?
3: Yes, I'm also a podcaster. I am one half of Final Them's, which is a queer horror podcast between myself and my ex slash life partner of 10 years. And we talk about horror movies, gender feelings, queerness, and how they all been a constant in our journey. And sometimes I like to rhyme and rap.
1: Yes.
0: yes very cool <laughs> and last but not least jester king go ahead
4: hey yo what's up y'all my name is jester king um i'm filipino and i immigrated from the philippines about almost oh my god 16 years ago i'm a la creative i produce music i dance i rap um, amongst a lot of other things and oh my pronouns are he him they oh he him his and yeah that's me
0: so let's go ahead and start the conversation off so today like we said um our episode is called behind the mask and we will be talking about perspectives on masculinity and influences media has had on us in regard to our point of view on masculinity um from a a wonderful um, spectrum of perspectives and experiences. We have trans folks in the room today. We have cis straight men. We have folks that are non-binary and everything too. So um, really looking forward to our conversation today. So to kick things off, I wanna ask, how would you define masculinity and what does that look like for you? Uh, anyone can go ahead and chime in.
4: Formulating, just formulating.
1: I mean, to be coherent I'm, I'm thinking of like the i'm trying to like get over this like this <laughs> fear and
4: <laughs> and hump that this is all recorded <laughs> so I'm just like oh my god people are listening oh my god i I have to be eloquent oh my god I have to like <laughs> <laughs> that's real that's real yeah. um how do I define masculinity and what does that look like for me uh As a person i'm very spiritual um i see life in energies and kind of view and shape my perspective through frequencies and energies and vibrations so a lot of the esoteric type of teachings that i learned throughout like my whole like spiritual awakening years which is about like three years ago um what i learned is that like we all hold this two, this two duality of energies that we have within us and we have both masculine and feminine like energies within us. And that's with any identity, we all hold that to ourselves. So for me, masculinity or the masculine energy is the energy that kind of w- works to take space within reality to bend and manipulate it and the contrast is the feminine energy is the one that nurtures reality and gives space, so mm. that manifests in different ways uh, with with anybody, and whether you're male, female, whatever identity you are, you you can exhume these these energies. So let's say um, Noelle um, comp let's say she goes to kind of like a dance competition, com- com- competition and that type of energy is inherently masculine, though that's a space where any gender and any identity is in, right? But that space in itself is like a masculine energy. Um, and to contrast that, you could be like, Cal went to, um, let's say, a uh, massage parlor. And he gets uh male massages. That's not the right word um masseuse <laughs> Masseuse there you go. massages. that's still that's still within a feminine energy within that space since it's nurturing and everything. So see how like these energies kind of like combine and ebb and flow in that sort of way. That's what masculinity and well and now femininity means to me at least.
1: And what what would that look like to you, like in terms of like in your daily life?
4: In my daily life, uh, that that's such a hard question to like answer just because like I I was like really thinking about this and I guess I wanted to be very insightful with how I think about masculinity because it's not it's not just like the hey bro, what's up bro? But <laughs> it's the masculine energy is very protective. it's very direct. Um, so I guess in, in my days, I guess I was, since, since I'm a cis straight male, I was conditioned to act upon certain gender norms and gender roles. Um, mm-hmm. so I guess following that to a healthy standpoint, um, and knowing where that energy lies beyond the norms, beyond how the society kind of thinks about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, I'm getting very convoluted, but I hope it makes sense. But yeah, in my daily, it kind of just looks like me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Though I, I really okay. hold and respect my feminine energies very well too, and I respect that by myself. But I guess this vessel in itself is, um, it's instinctually masculine, is what I'm trying to say. So mm-hmm. I guess it's just me yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. thank you of course
1: yeah.
0: when you were talking i was just and you were talking about how these energies existing in balance it kind of made me think of like other um images of balance for example i mean taking it back to fandom uh tweet and law the um the moons like what I was thinking. exactly let's go because it's, it's <laughs> we share one brain cell that's why we thought the same thing the truth but But yeah, like you wouldn't necessarily assign genders to those fish, right? But like the two energies are just in circles, like existing in balance. So Mm -hmm. I really like that. Um, What about you, Manuel? Uh, How do you define masculinity and what does it look like for you?
3: I really love what Jester had said and I highly resonate with it as well. Um, It actually, um, it took me back to something that really stuck with me in my uh, sophomore year of college. I had taken this Eastern philosophy and religion class. And in the beginning of the uh, in the beginning of the semester, when we were learning about Taoism, my professor had explained that the process of this lecture and study is going to feel a bit different for us because, as Americans, we have this Eurocentric need to define and categorize things to allow them to actually be. And uh, just think about what Americans have like done with race and ethnicity—you know, just putting people into these checklists. And to essentially put them in a binary for it to be worthy or to be real, I feel like that's something we have done with masculinity as if it's some type of superficial thing and not something to be experienced or as if experiencing it isn't enough. It has to be something solid to be valid. And as a non binary person, going through my journey of queerness, uh, a lesson that has constantly shown up over and over is that people are fluid. Mask and femme are just energies that take us from moment to moment and are ruled by no one specifically. And I really like what Jester King said about masculinity. You described it as an energy and existing with femininity, and it creates this balance. And um, that is what Taoism believes about yin and yang, that it's a balance of forces. One cannot exist without the other. There's no person who can be more mask. Or more femme than anyone else. It's kind of like if you had a cup in each hand and there's juice in it, living is just you taking a sip from each cup back and forth. Sometimes one a little bit more than the other, and you're just that juice, you know? <laughs> yes, we're
0: just juice.
3: We're just the juice, just yo. Double fisting juice. Double, double juice. fisting, <laughs> in life, double let's fisting go. juice. Let's go. juice. <laughs> so so in my answer in short, um, is that masculinity is an energy and, a, and an experience and it looks however I want it to be because I am that energy and I am that juice. Fuck yeah.
1: Yes, you are. I love that. <laughs> We are the juice.
0: We
4: are the juice. Are the
3: juice.
4: <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah. Amazing. Hell Thank yeah. Thank you
2: so much for that what about you cal okay um it's very hard to follow up after those amazing (laughs) statements but i'm gonna do my best
4: speak the juice juice. (laughs)
2: um be you boo yeah i think for me um as a trans man when i was like coming into this podcast episode i did a i kind of googled like masculinity what's the um dictionary definition and i was like it was i think it was something about like the qualities of man or some shit and i was like no like it just it wasn't I was like that's not it for me though so I had to really like sit and like think about it and I like tried to look for like queer people who have talked about masculinity to see if I related Mm -hmm. to that and something I really liked um a lot of people were talking about energy and I think also it's just being authentic to myself um as a trans Mm -hmm. man because I think for a long I mean for a very long time I denied and I didn't Think I didn't because I didn't know. Parts I didn't know because I didn't have the language. um, But I denied my own masculinity for a very long time. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think my masculinity kind of comes in the form of my strength, of my courage, um, of my passion. Even Um, I'm very passionate. I'm very loud, (laughs) and I think I have a lot of strength, uh, whether it's physical or um, emotional. And I think that comes from my masculinity um and it's something i'm still learning how to navigate uh because like you both said really well it's it's a balance and i think i went from rejecting it so long to rejecting the other way rejecting femininity because i was like oh because I'm a trans man, because I've realized myself, I can't do anything feminine. I have to reject my Mm -hmm. feminine energy, anything sort of feminine, because then others will doubt my validity. And I had to go on this journey of inner struggle, inner learning to be like, no, that's not at all it is. That's a very, that's very wrong (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. in general. And I had to make peace basically with, both my feminine and my masculine energy. Um and I think I've managed to do that. I'm still learning. I'm still I'm still balancing. I'm constantly learning. Um but yeah, I think for me masculinity is being authentic, being um, you know, and being comfortable with dealing with your masculine energy um and being open to how you feel about it how it represents in your life for me it's kind of in my appearance i feel um i dress very masculine I, that makes me comfortable um and yeah <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. so good
4: yeah i i totally like feel you about like i also went on google and typed in masculinity and it showed that i was like qualities of a man i was like what the fuck does that mean i was like, <laughs> like right? especially yeah. at this day and age what the fuck does like being a, like a man means without yeah. like having to put the gender norms that were placed by like centuries of just toxic masculinity like what does mm-hmm. like what does that mean you know mm-hmm. i mean I, yeah. I i didn't like that google answer either it, it was just it didn't fucking help True. So (laughs) (laughs) so I had to sit and I was like so tired. I was just like, I just kind of like wanted kind of like a surefire answer, but thank God it kind of didn't. So I really had to kind of like give a thoughtful response to this question for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, Mm, according to Shang. What's uh It's has to be swift as a coursing river. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, <what?
4: laughs> Those are the qualities <laughs> the, the, <That. laughs>
1: we got to get down to business. Oh, <laughs> that
4: I love that fucking song.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Wow, thank you all so much for that. Honestly, so grateful that there are folks like y'all in both of our lives and like. Your thoughts are just, uh, I just are just like inspirational in the sense that like I know that just from you existing would like help other people with their journey in understanding their masculinity, and that's something um, for me as like as as a cis uh, woman, um, cis queer woman, but like just my experience with men, (laughs) you know, is there's there tends to be a lot of toxic masculinity especially in the spaces that i'm in so uh, i can we let's let's see like how would y'all define toxic masculinity and how have you seen that exhibited in your spaces in your community or even if you would like to share um within yourself at any point in time
3: okay um how would i define toxic masculinity and how have i seen it in my community Mm
4: mm-hmm
3: I'm going to go with like my, my, where I live, that kind of community. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to trust that masculinity is relational, like it, it carries you through your journey and life and how it looks is up to you. But when you're told that you should only be one way of masculinity, you should only look one way, or you should fit this tight binary script. That's when I noticed that toxic behaviors have shown up and beliefs are done in response to masculinity being threatened. Or specifically, it's strict script being threatened. And uh, like examples would be like when you're not the most powerful or the most dominant in the room or in the space, or if you're not manly enough, or Mm -hmm. yeah, manly enough, whatever the fuck that means. Or at home, yeah, like at home, you aren't the sole breadwinner and your partner has a better compensated job than you and more benefits, and you feel threatened by that. I truly don't think that masculinity or femininity are toxic. I think when people have adopted a strict a, stri- uh, a strict, script and it feels threatened, people act toxic because of that. I think masculinity is unjudged. It is unruling. It doesn't belong to a single person. Mm. But if I can talk about my brownness and machismo, I've seen the men in my life harmed by masculinity just as much as they harmed the women in their lives
4: or the femmes mm. in their
3: lives. Because they had this strict idea that they had to be the powerful person, that they had to be the person who is a different kind of caretaker, the person who is in charge of the family, the person who was in charge of the money. And whenever they weren't this idea, that's when the self-hate and the self-pity happens. And when mm. they feel that, they take Thanks. it out on everyone else. And even with that, like the idea of masculinity has taken away so many good men in my life. It's put them in cages. It's it's put them in in in, in restraining orders. It's put them in, in lives of content mourning, abusing alcohol. It's put them at this constant state of addiction to alcohol just to numb this 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 need to be this person that they naturally they naturally can't be. It's not that they can't be these people who have money or protect their family. It's that if they don't reach this pivotal idea of it, then they don't have worth. Mm. And that's how toxicity has shown up in my life, shown up in my community, shown up very much in my brownness. You know, a lot of my roots are fucking Catholic and colonized and man Mm. has to be the the dominant feature of family or the dominant Mm. feature of community. And we all know that's just a bunch of bullshit. Like, things mm-hmm. exist in a community and in a union. And I wouldn't call masculinity toxic. I would say the people protecting their worship of masculinity are the ones who are acting
0: toxic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. Thank you so Love much that. for that.
2: Thank you. Yeah. I have Thank good thoughts, Loki. Like- <laughs> I loved that. I loved that. Um. Wow. Yeah. I think for me, toxic masculinity, I mean, I look at my dad. Um, It's very much the domination, um, the aggression, just, and especially unchecked aggression, unchecked, um, just wanting to be the top dog, to be the big guy, to, you know, be... uh, trying to put this into like words (laughs) um just especially i think it's also just the rejection of femininity like or the Mm. want to dominate and control femininity Mm. in any shape way shape or form whether it's within themselves within yourself or like within other people um and i think i do agree i actually really like what you said about it's not toxic, it's the people that protect it or the people that are, like, you know, really putting it on that are toxic, and I agree with that. Um, for me, I mean, in my community, my life, my dad is definitely uh, an example of that. He's he's great. Um, <laughs> wow. there's I could go on forever. We're not going to go there. But definitely, like, my father is definitely, I would say, the strongest, like, just toxic masculinity. He's very aggressive, very you know, tries to be very dominant, tries to be very controlling of me, my brother, my mom, like everything. And he wants to be the dominant one. He has to be very much the alpha dog. Um, And I think that even with myself, yeah, it definitely, when I was coming out, when I was coming to terms with myself, it was like, well, I you know, I don't want to be like that though if that's what a guy is like if that's what a man is supposed to be. And I think that I mean, in a way, it's been very helpful so I can like check myself against him and be like, "Oh yeah, I'm not like him. I'm doing good. I'm doing real good." <laughs> like a gauge, like your gauge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um I'd say that's yeah, that's how I see it in my life and how I view toxic masculinity.
1: Wow, thank you. Yeah, Just that's beautiful.
4: Time. Yeah, um, I I love both of you, your answers. And I think both of y'all talk about um, the extremes of it all. Because I think about it like this. And also, I think in, in an in analogy. So think about water. Like, that's not inherently toxic. Unless you drink like 10 liters of it in a day, then you can get water poisoning, actually. It's the same thing that's that's why i love how we talked about balance in the beginning of all of this because um manuel you're right masculinity isn't inherently toxic it's the people that hold these extreme versions of it and when people just overindulge themselves into one thing it becomes very toxic because now it's not it's not serving for you or others it just it just festers you know and thank god for all the my pathways in life because um i'm not gonna say i'm perfect um but i am i do love who i became as a like presently today because i you know back then gay slurs and i sorry content warning i used to do, like do this that gay slurs and saying all these ignorant shit. you know and when when once i started going to ucla i Not even just UCLA, I transferred to UCLA. I went to community college and I started taking more of like sociology. Yeah, let's go transfers. Um, Once I started taking more sociology classes, um, it kind of like, it kind of like helped grow this, this thoughts in my head that like, I knew it was wrong to be doing these things and to be like acting like this and that um, in terms of like toxic masculine, uh, toxic masculine traits, you know? So once that seed of kind of love and understanding about like what masculinity is starts like growing in my heart, I started realizing that like a lot of like what Manuel and Cal said, just like a lot of people who identify as male, just like go hella in to like this, this, this thing that we're trying to define, but it's more of an experience like what Manuel said. And a lot of, The way that I even overcame my own toxic masculinity was to honor and grow my own femininity within myself, even as a straight male. And I feel like that. I feel like the other part of the question is: Have I seen that in my community? Fuck yeah, straight cis straight male community. Come on, like it lives there. It live. It starts and lives there. You know, and I try not. I try not to put my the weight of the endeavor of like. Correcting this, this, this energy, balancing this energy within my community. I try not to take that on, but I do. For any listeners that are here right now that identifies identifies as cis straight male, I want y'all to really look at your feminine qualities within yourselves because it does exist. And for you to either ignore that or even like shoo that away, that breeds toxic masculinity because you don't have a gauge. And that's and that's kinda like what Cal did was like he had a gauge, you know, to know whether or not it's it's becoming too much, you know. Because these are both beautiful energies that live both inside of us, but the way that society just came to be now is just I I we we all know like how history went and everything, but yeah, it's I don't know. I I lost my train of thought, but I just, I just want anybody who identifies as cis straight male to really look into their like own femininity and that will honestly, I think that will grow their masculinity too, because like you, you know, the, you know, each side of the coin, you know? So yeah. Thank you so much
0: for that. Of y'all course. gave such insightful answers and I really appreciated all the knowledge that you're bringing to this space right now. Um, I want to point out kind of a through line I see. I saw with all of your answers and experiences. Um, at one point, all of y'all mentioned that an idea of masculinity was passed on to you, or like perpetuated onto you, whether it's from a parent, from your cultural community, or from your like community of peers. But in each of your stories, with how you've processed it, it was using your own agency that you were able to define what masculine and feminine meant for you. So I really like I really like that because even though this um, these ideas of toxic masculinity can be perpetuated intergenerationally it can stop somewhere and it's able Thanks. to be stopped and changed somewhere. Mm-hmm. So love y'all answers. Um let's kind of segue into um kind of like the core of our podcast because yes, we're a diversity, inclusion, social justice podcast, but we're also a bunch of nerds. So well, let's Hello let's-, let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> So let's segue into, um, let's weave some of that in. So how has media and fandom influenced how you embody and experience masculinity for yourselves? And if so, what are some examples of times you've seen the masculinity you've wanted to embody for yourself portrayed in fandom?
2: Uh, Has media and fandom influenced the way I experience and embody masculinity? Definitely. Um, 100%. I think... um, in terms of embodying masculinity, I think cosplay was one of the first, Mm -hmm. my first segues because um, I'd wanted to get into it. And then um, the idea came of like, oh, what if I cosplay like my favorite character from this one series, which is a boy. Um, And Mm -hmm. I was like toying with gender around at that time. And I was like, not sure. I didn't know if my parents were going to let me do it regardless. Surprisingly, they did. And um i remember that was the first time i wasn't out to anyone i was with at that time at that con anything i went to a meetup complete strangers um and they referred to me as the character and they would call me him and i was like oh oh wait this hits different oh this is Yeah! And so from then, I was like, "Oh That's shit!" Like sweet. just me- being around people who didn't know who the hell I was. They didn't know anything. They didn't know I was trans. They, didn't they just saw me as this young cosplayer at a convention, cosplaying this one boy, and they were like, "Oh yeah!" And they just they just called me a boy, and I was like, "Oh so no, okay, yeah, this is this is right. This is right. This is right. I'm I'm in the <laughs> right." I just way. got goosebumps. That's, That's so fandom. sweet. Oh,
4: yes, wow. I fucking cry.
0: Well, I have to ask, who was the character? um <laughs> if you want to share we
2: cringe uh dave strider from homestuck let's go let's go Homestuck. Oh okay. Well, i'm not familiar <laughs> yes, i was i year. was a homestuck um but yeah i think that's a, definitely a, like the big example of like how fandom has helped me embody and experience masculinity and a very positive way where it was like oh yeah this is right so i'm just going to keep going down this path and figure it out as i go um and i think examples i've seen in media um, i feel like zuko was a really good example for me because uh, before somebody even somebody moans right as now kid <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: it wasn't me you know somebody it was me, me. oh all know. <laughs> it was definitely jesse oh yeah cal as you were saying Um, but yeah
2: zuko because i think even before playing with gender coming even thinking about any of that zuko is always a very important character for me um being the older sibling having a kind of a genius younger sibling um having a good connection with mom and uh really really fun amazing dad um very heavy sarcasm there um but and then as i go older i was i really related to him more and i think it was specifically book three where you really see his you know book two is into book three where you see his redemption arc where you see his growth um Hmm. because zuko was never a bad character he was had a lot of bad things put onto him but I don't think I don't believe he was ever a bad person um and you see that a lot in book one I think um Mm. but the way he grows the way he's I think the way he learns and the way he grows was very inspirational to me and very important where it was like I want to be more like him you know I would rather be more like him I want to you know defy my parents expectations I want to you know be there for my friends I want to do the right thing um even if I make mistakes along the way Um, I know that if I'm, you know, if I am confident in myself doing the right thing, then I think that's what matters. Um, So yeah, I think Zuko is definitely my um, example of like someone I've wanted to embody.
1: Yeah. Mm.
2: So
0: good. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that, Cal. Mm. Um, Jester, go ahead and share.
4: Oh yeah, this, this is a hard one for me to answer um because i think i think it, media influenced me in kind of like a inversion of what cal said it helped me kind of like it helped me kind of see what not to be mm. you know um if i could like i mean i since I didn't really start. <clears throat> I didn't really start questioning um, my masculinity, my gender identity until like, ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. like actually, not sorry, not gender identity. Um, sexual orientation. Like somewhere about like college time, and that's when I started experimenting and everything. Um, so during those times, I was media. What I've watched from like anime and shit, like I watch Dragon Ball and like Naruto, and it's just like, ah! like, <laughs> like that's that's all I like, knew about that's masculinity. Exactly, like, that's
1: like. exactly how I describe shonen every time. It's just a lot of. Ah!
4: <laughs> so, so I mean, like it, 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 it's, I guess, like what I'm trying to say, it, it wasn't robust. It, they, they weren't really teaching me anything new. It was just like kind of like mm. more, like perpetuating like what I already kind of knew and doubling down on it. And mm. once I said mm-hmm. fuck all of that, um, I think that's uh, that's when I started re- really growing spiritually too. Um, so yeah, I think media definitely kind of like like did the inversion for me, like I said, and like what are any specific media. F- for like someone that I kinda like saw myself in, I guess is like I feel like this is a cop out, but like Deku from like my hero. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that a it's that's answer, no, right? that's valid, cool cool cool. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like but I love Bakugo. He's very toxic masculine. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I, I there's there's because right. I there's I read the manga. So like, wait, do, do y'all read the manga? Okay, I do so because because like I I know yeah you do oh it's, it's, you know Cal, um, <laughs> Deku's journey like you, he's so um, not he he isn't necessarily soft-spoken but he's not necessarily what like if if like the usual man like look at <laughs> Deku, he's not like oh that's like that's not that's a, not a man he's so like um he's so shy and he's so like just introvert and like all that and it's not ex- he's not exuberant he's not like like they would say like all might is like the man like you know mm. but i feel like i i saw myself a lot in deku because like um he he i don't know like how how should i explain this he kind of like was a version of masculinity that I could really like relate to because it wasn't that like, I'm a double down on on my like domination and shit like he just wanted to sell, like help save people. And that's also very nurturing. That's a feminine energy of that. I think as much as it, it is portrayed as a masculine energy, saving people is also a very feminine energy. So once I saw that kind of like balance. Um, that's when I started really relating and everything too. So, yeah.
0: Thank you so much, Jester. That was a really great answer. Thank um you. Love the insight you brought. Uh, what about you, Manuel?
3: Oh, man. This is... Timing-wise, it's a little controversial, but I grew up being influenced by a lot of the Inverse shows. So I grew up being influenced by Buffy the Vampire Slayer, by Angel, and those shows definitely influenced how I embodied masculinity and femininity. Um, I mean, early on, this is a show about a, a young woman who is embracing this position of power and protecting other people from monsters and demons. And seeing Buffy Summers in this role of being the, the main character and the hero, you get a really nuanced experience, especially when you're young, because there wasn't a lot of shows where women were the lead that were... This much sci-fi and this much mythology and this like nuanced and this funny, you know, there were always specific types of shows that they were. And in the show, there's a lot of male characters who very much suffer at the hands of the patriarchy and masculinity and commit acts because there's a lot of self-doubt in themselves or they feel like they have to overcompensate for something. And yeah, it, it was a very it was not, it was a balanced show, but a lot of things were the creator is a straight cis white man. There's only mm. so far it could go in this journey. But what the show didn't do was punish or dispose these male characters for having these flaws. In fact, mm. some of the most evil characters make it through the entire show and get a journey of uh, redemption. Oof! I'm sorry, I'm getting a little choked up for this. Um,
0: it's okay. Take your time. It's all okay. <sighs>
3: There was, of, <clears throat> there was a lot of there was a lot of there was a lot of self hate on that show. That once I've done this bad thing or someone says I'm this bad monster, that's all I could ever be. That's the end of my journey. Someone else gets a, a say <clears throat> someone else gets a say on where my story ends. And to see it through and see people redeem themselves and still be very much flawed along the way was very beautiful especially for characters who consider themselves monsters because of this this problems they had with power and domination and no fucking healthy ways of communicating their feelings mm. <laughs> and that that really helped with my experience of masculinity i didn't wallow in self-hate over it i just knew it was extremely complicated and i thought my life was going to be this complicated because I'm can merely just be masculine. Little did I know in watching the show, there's a reason why a superhero show filled with women really made me feel some different type of way. And I was like, Oh, I love these characters. It must be because I'm attracted to them. Not because I want to be them way, <laughs> shape or form. <laughs> so it, that definitely helped me understand my fluidity with gender and my fluidity with masculine and feminine energy. Cause I was like, Hey, I wanted to be those women on screen. I looked up to them, actually. They they are—they became like these, the way I heard my voices sometimes. Like being young, I, I projected and I ascribed to characters on screen because that's what I do, you know, and also because I have an Aquarius placement. <clears throat> but, you know. <laughs>
4: Let's talk about placements after this.
3: Let's go. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah that's who I am in this story. But with, with the Whedon fandoms, I was like, fuck, I feel like everyone. And little did I know I was very fluid. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's how it, it influenced how I experienced masculinity. And it also showed what I wanted to embody and how I wanted to portray myself. Like I wanted to be these characters that are very flawed in their masculinity, in their femininity, in the roles that they think they have to stay in. And, I wanted to be them because I felt like I was getting a fully realized lived in person. I didn't want to be these ideals of characters. You know, that to me that's so fucking Eurocentric. Things are good, things are bad, there's light, there's dark. What the fuck about the gray? You know? What about complicated people? Does that mean when we do something bad, we're bad forever? That's 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 the finish? It's like, no, you can be all these things in in flux and fluidity, but it, it is your job to check where you're where you're what parts of you are participating in it in just a toxic way, you know? Mm. Because I looked up to the men. I looked up to the women. They they both did very, very... They made a lot of bad decisions on that show. And some of it, of course, is because of the, the writers, their journey and their, their thoughtfulness and their experience could only go so far. But also it's because, damn, I'm watching young adults. And who didn't feel like that? Who didn't feel like, well... I'm coming into my adulthood. I have to know who I am or else I'm going to fail. Mm-hmm. And this show mm-hmm. let them fail. And this show let them know that, hey, they failed high school. They failed college. They failed in young adulthood. They failed with bills. They failed with relationships. They failed at saving the world sometimes. They failed in saving the people they love. But guess what? We're not going to punish them for that. Well, Joss Whedon punishes characters in a different way, but that's another story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, that's that's definitely... Weed verse that fandom mm. has definitely helped me understand my ideas of gender and roles very early on cuz the show started in 1997 mm. and I was I was a fan since even you know some of it was just like hey I love seeing monsters I love seeing fighting and magic on screen but then it was like I love these people because they remind me of all the things I'm not all the things I'm afraid to observe about myself Ooh. so that's definitely how it impacted me Love that.
1: That was beautiful. I'm feeling things in my chest and hopefully they're not heart palpitations. (laughs) Um, but they're good. (laughs) I
4: Mine's just cholesterol, but yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that was amazing i love how each of the examples of masculinity that you've seen wanting to portray is like masculinity healthy masculinity is learning you know is redemption mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. like growth and i love that yeah. um yeah. i Noelly, i also want us to answer this question too because i would love to hear your examples of ways that masculinity has been tra- has been portrayed in like good ways that you want to embody in the media um I I already have my example, so I'm going to go ahead and share right now. But I remember when I first, so I got into anime kind of late. My first anime was was free. (laughs) (laughs) Free (laughs) free! abs everywhere. Exactly. Okay. And then, um, so I got into anime when I was in high school, and by that time, like everybody around me had grown up with like Naruto and Sailor Moon and stuff. But Free was the first anime I saw start to finish. (laughs) <laughs> the wheeze. Dang. I hear the judgmental wheeze, Noelle. But, um, but, yeah, Not like, judging you, no judging here. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so, like, one example of masculinity that I wanted to embody, like, I remember being really, really, um, like, at the time it was attraction, but I was really attracted to, um, Makoto. Because-
1: I knew it. I fucking knew it, bitch. <laughs> I was like, in my head, I was like, it's Makoto, it's Makoto, it's <laughs> Makoto.
4: Exactly. I never, I never like, actually watched it, so I'm just Google him real quick. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, okay, I'll describe Ooh. him for you. So he was he was a very he had a very like soft and soothing voice. He um was very nurturing. He's like the best friend who wants people to you know like be on the right path. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> Jester is showing a picture of Makoto <laughs> smiling right now, <laughs> and I'm so like, sweet, yup, boy. Exactly. He's so sweet. <laughs> and like and so liking Makoto also makes sense because when I started going down more of the rabbit hole of sports anime and watch Haikyuu, Suga is my favorite character in Haikyuu. Oh, <laughs> uh,
4: for the same my reason. Boy. Yeah, for real. <laughs>
0: because he's very nurturing and um he's very he's very loving, he's very soft and like sweet. Um and he can be maternal without being a woman or a mother. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and I think at the time I was like, okay, well, this is a person, a type of person that I would want to be with as a partner. This is something that I'm attracted to. Um, but as I've kind of gone through my own gender journey and identifying as non-binary, I realized like this is the kind of person that I want to be, period. You know, I want to embody, I want to look masculine sometimes. But I also want to embody this like very nurturing and maternal energy as well. And I can have both, you know, Um, in like especially lately, like in quarantine, I've actually been experimenting with drag and like um, my drag persona and everything. And a lot of my reference photos have been like have been, you know, people from Twilight, like, like <laughs> Boo Boo Stewart and stuff. And um, I have, like, drag king friends, like my friend Hennessy Williams. Um, she contours her face when she's in a-, a drag king. She uses a picture of Shang from Mulan as a reference to contour her face. Perfect. So, so yeah, you can pull aesthetics like masculinity is an energy and it's also an aesthetic so you can literally pull and like play however you want and yeah what about you Noelli?
1: all right so haha on the other side i love how yours is sports anime and mine is shojo. <laughs> um no and this is also very early noelle, very like this is my, actually my first shojo i've ever watched and it kind of set the bar um so if for anyone that's listening, shoujo is basically a genre of anime that targets young girls and women. And so, yeah. So there's this anime called Kaichou Wa Maid-sama. I knew it. And the male protagonist, his name is Usui Takumi. Wow. What a man. Anyways. <laughs> well, I mean, in, in the sense of like, okay. So what's really interesting about the show and the dynamic between – and it's a straight relationship, but um, – and they're both just – cisgendered but uh so what's it called what's interesting is that the the like the main like energies that both exude are actually different from like their gender norm so like like say misaki who is the president's the school president she is more masculine the boys fear her she's get she like works really hard and like She's just a badass bitch, right? Um, and I really resonated with that because that—that's kind of like how I was growing up. I was always more um, of a tomboy. I like wasn't afraid to hit boys, uh, <laughs> etc. Um, because yeah, that—that's kind of what she did in the anime. And yet Usui, um, who takes a liking to her, um, is a lot more aloof, um, very also nurturing, um, sometimes not always in a direct sense. Um, but it. what was really cool about him is is that he is portrayed as someone that's – as a person, like, very amazing, like, smart, like, athletic, et cetera, et cetera. But he never had to say so himself, which I thought was really cool. Um, he never had to overcompensate. He was very honest with his feelings and straight, straight out with it um, when speaking to, like, Misaki. And it was always, like – he always kind of took a backseat in the sense of, like um, – like I guess like say in a situation he would kind of like like see how things play out and then like adapt to that situation and then um, not exactly find a, re- a resolution but to work with Misaki to get to a resolution. So like it it was like it felt a lot less I mean because before Shoujo, before this first Shoujo I watched, I only watched Shonen. So it was a lot of ah! <laughs> so, Naruto. to have right a lot of, so scared. Like it was just a lot of that. It was a lot of that. So it was a lot of like I gotta be the <gasps> fucking best. Yeah, exactly. Just, ah! Like just muscles everywhere. So but like but this guy, I mean, it was he was like, yeah, he was, like, cool, he's a cool guy, but it was never, like, too much. It was always, like, like, um, he would always just help out as much as he could, you know, so I, I just thought, like, those were really cool qualities, because um, it was, it wasn't not so much that, oh, yeah, I have to be a man in this relationship. He actually let Misaki, like, cause she, because she's very independent, he always was, like, I love what you do, like, I love seeing you be you for who you are. You know, like it was, it was a lot of like, like acceptance and a lot of just like, like there was no projection. So I was like, wow, what is this? This is great. My heart goes dokey dokey. What the heck? Uh, But aside from being attracted to him, like those are qualities that I really like wanted to embody in terms of like um, my feminine side actually, because I was inherently like very masculine. I project not projected like masculine energy a lot more than and and I actually rejected feminine energy early on in my um in my childhood because I was like ew like that's too girly that's too that you know mm-hmm. but um in terms of how Usui was it was like it's interesting because he was a man but he had these qualities where it's like I even though like I am like the independent person like I wanted to learn how to be better with um working with other people and caring for other people. So, yeah. yeah. Isui Takumi, look him up. He's not <laughs> <laughs> Hot as hell. Um, but yeah, so moving on. Thank you for asking me as well, Justine. Uh, but yes, uh, so for everyone here, uh, what do you think would happen if toxic masculinity in these spaces and media went unchecked? And how would you like, to see this change happen, how would you like to see it shift?
4: So, what do I think would happen if toxic masculinity in these spaces and media would, when unchecked, I think the world would implode. Um, I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think it's already getting getting there because I feel like the mm. the thing that's going to save the world right now is just like an overall shift in balance, where because there's too much too much of this masculine energy w- within this world and And you could see that with like uh, for example, um and I'll go back to like within media and everything, but like you see that in the world, um, part of part of the masculine energy, um, again, within esoteric principles is kind of like taking taking space and reality and bending, manipulating it to our will, right? And we did that with nature. and you know it's it was good for a bit, but now we're abusing nature you know um and it's it's kind of like that with with media like if if too much of this like masculine and energy if too much of this masculine energy is still within media and it's still being portrayed as this toxic version of what it's supposed to be in balance like i think really like the world would implode because um it's it's just gonna keep perpetuating these, these toxic traits of masculinity like war and shit like that, and trying to overstep people and trying to, mm. trying to just be overcompetitive, um. Yeah, media would just just implode, and we would like have a sucky life. And how I would like to see this change happen is just to, just honor. Honor more women in media who portray masculine traits. You know, honor more people who are non-binary and trans people who exhume masculine traits. Like masculinity, it like being being born a male. It doesn't mean that you hold masculinity. Like it is literally an energy. You feel me? So I would definitely just like honoring like more and more people who hold this energy would definitely help within media. Yeah. Thank you. Of course.
3: Hell yeah.
4: Hell yeah.
1: Manuel.
4: <sighs> oh, um, the question was,
3: what, what do I think would happen if toxic masculinity went unchecked in these spaces in media?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, sir.
3: Okay. I'll answer that part. Uh If it went unchecked, I imagine we would just have a bolder version of how toxic fandoms and media prohibit uh, under-represent- underrepresented folks and their stories and their voices. Um, we'd get the same boring ass like stories of superheroes and sci-fi that revolve around uh. cis, straight, white men's egos. And that's all they fucking are. And when it comes to fandoms, I imagine the gatekeeping would look pretty much the same. Because let's keep it real. That is very much unchecked.
4: Mm-hmm. Very true. Yep, yeah. yep, 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 yep. That's <laughs> but, literally
0: why fandom fans exists. Precisely, so much, Break that shits down. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> but if I had to answer, like, how would I like to see the change happen? um I think the biggest impact is in the writers' room and the panels and the roundtable discussions. Mm-hmm. All these places where conversation and ideas happen, because when when the voice is being heard and the stories being told are the ones that have always been centered and have benefited from this usually at the price of everyone else's story and voice i think i think the necessary the necessary change is that the person with all these privileges should begin some responsibility by simply shutting the fuck up <laughs> and
1: yes fandom Femme
3: listeners you know if you're listening to this and you're feeling some type of way and you're feeling a little defensive right now i say this so lovingly um allow yourself to grow and learn embrace change allow other voices to fulfill the media that you consume mm. and do what celebrate it amplify it fucking bond over it because lord knows that's when a fandom turns into a community.
4: Oh. Oh. Oh.
2: Whoa. I'm going
3: to drink my water.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's <laughs> when I was done. Juice.
0: Juice. <laughs> juice. the juice. Exactly. Juice. The juice. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank wow. you so much for that.
2: No, no problem. Cal, What about you? I'm mad because a lot of the things I was thinking about, Manuel said, but in like a much better way. So I'm going to try to expand more. No, say it
3: with your chest. Let's go. (laughs) Um, (laughs) There's room for everyone.
1: (laughs) There's room for space (laughs) for everyone. Um,
2: But I think if it was to go unchecked, I agree. Media would become so boring. Mm -hmm. We would get nothing but like just the same like couple like action cop shows like oh it would be like literally the tv (laughs) would be all cop shows or really unfunny (laughs) like just caught those like really unfunny like comedy shows and that like last man standing and shit like that it would be nothing but that and it would be so boring it would literally be so boring it would be the most boring thing um and yeah i think yeah gatekeeping i think i think gatekeeping would get worse i think it would just Mm -hmm. it there would be, like, pockets where others would have to, like, form, like, a se- almost, like, secret, like, group. Like, okay, like, don't let anyone know mm. because if they know they're going to come, like, if what's that, what's that quote? Mm. Um, If the men know we can, think we can, know we can shapeshift, they're going to think we're witches or some shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're going to, it's just, it's going to be so aggressive. I think it'll honestly destroy a lot of fandoms. It'll destroy a lot of
4: implode even
2: conventions even a lot of like events like that because it's just gonna be so unchecked it's just gonna be there's gonna be fights there's gonna be issues it's gonna be Mm. problems it's like how are you gonna host these Mm. events how are you gonna have these events for the fans when the fans are so awful (laughs) like how are we supposed to have that Uh you guys literally can't enjoy anything um especially with yeah i think also just oh what's what's that word um like being like a know it all about things, I think I think I see that a lot, and I think that's gonna that that would be worst. Um, mm. But in terms of ways to change, I think definitely the writers' room, um, definitely with the people who behind the screen. I would say the people behind the screen, but the people behind the pen, the you know behind the microphone, are part of, are a big part of the change. Um, I think of birds of prey versus any of the avengers movies birds of prey was directed (laughs) directed by a woman and you could tell Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. that movie like i don't know exactly how to explain it but you could tell and it was a beautiful movie it was so much fun i love that movie it's so fun versus like i get very bored sometimes watching avengers because i'm like I don't want to watch y'all like it, it's it's just there's so much I feel like aggression and it's like I am mm. not really here mm. for this Um, and I think even sometimes I don't know I think it's it's just behind the screen you know and it, it all went back to who was behind the screen it was Cathy Yan a woman like who directed mm. it Um, and that's what made it great that's because she knew she knew what she wanted. She knew what she wanted to bring to her audience with something different. you know. um, and I think that's why that movie is so special. So yeah, I definitely agree. It's behind this it's behind the screen. It's behind the pen. It's behind the microphone. That's where the change starts. Oh,
4: yeah
0: love that full
4: metal was written by a woman
2: exactly yep so was wow, it
4: an
1: with very little fan service um, no wonder <laughs> <laughs> what a concept what a concept yeah a shonen with little fan service. amazing yeah
0: honestly like i want to plus one everything that you said right now um love how you know solutions to find um wait, what's it called like solutions to the problems that we see in media involve saturating the media with something different, and something else. Mm-hmm. And if I can share, like Noelle and I, when we started Fandom Femmes, um, I've said this before on the podcast, but I wanna say it again as well. I was really scared to start this podcast with Noelle because. I was afraid of being gatekept. I was afraid of being of talking about these topics and getting backlash because I didn't know enough or mm-hmm. I said something wrong, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But like Noelle and I really supported each other and really just pushed each other to be like, okay, let's just do it because we that inner saboteur. Is something of toxic masculinity. That inner saboteur that tells us, like, no, you don't know enough. No, you don't know this, mm-hmm. that you have to rise to this level of power to be considered worthy is toxic masculinity at play. And in order to, mm-hmm. for it, the, and the longer we sit on this idea of a podcast fueled by voices that aren't cis white men, the longer the world is gonna go without a podcast with a different voice. You know, so really, really value what y'all said, and also, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share another story too of an example. So all of y'all just agree, who embody different levels of like masculinity and like embody masculinity in different ways, all agree that there should be more div- um, diverse voices, like in the writers' room and like behind the mic, right? Let me tell you a story that I had that I encountered with our last episode. Um, so our last episode was entitled "The Baddest Bitches of Korra," right? And I shared the flyer on my personal Instagram. And this dude, I'm, Sorry. Gonna it, I'm gonna say I know, I know. This guy had the I hope you're listening. I hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, Stips because you, once you once you hear the type of things that came out of his mouth, you're gonna know he's not one of our listeners. But and here's why. So he's um, he messaged me. And he's like, oh my god, I got so excited when I read this title, Cora, OMG. And I'm like, yeah, um, we made an Avatar episode too. You should listen to the episode. And he was like, oh, did you feature my boy, the Cabbage Man? And I said, no, because in this series, we wanted to highlight the women identified characters. And his response was, and
1: I quote. I love how you
0: memorized the quote already. <laughs> <It's> the, <laughs> this is the kind of shit that just gets burned into your brain because it's just so yeah. outrageous. But he actually said, "He's like, oh, I see what you're trying to do, but I think you should really represent both genders." But it's your content, so I guess lol.
1: both <laughs> genders <laughs> th- barf. Nope. Fest.
3: Are you Ang or Cora? What is your gender? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh
2: are no! We are la
0: like. <laughs> oh my god! No, but yeah, like how there's this on and honestly, to anyone out there who encounters people who are like that, like oh well, you should talk about this. We well, should talk about this. Honestly, just help them to make their own podcast. Like oh, if yeah. they really want to talk about it,
4: for make real. their own
0: episode. Let me because... talk to my
4: straight male community real quick. My bad. You, you <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say I ah. Uh, For anybody in here in this podcast right now that's just straight male, shut the fuck up about that bullshit. (laughs) Ah, It's such bullshit. It really is bullshit. Represent both (laughs) genders? The episode was four females. Like, listen to another podcast. What the (laughs) fuck? I don't know. This is the shit that irks me, yo. Because it's like... It's the shit that irks me with my boys. It's the shit that irks me with, like like the people like the the males in my life who like who identifies as cis straight male and it's just like it's bullshit like why does that why does that give you a sense of insecurity just because you're not represented Mm -hmm. in this media we've been overrepresented (laughs) Mm -hmm. period Mm -hmm. it's not like it's not like it's not running out like what the fuck like yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm done. Andran. sorry. I cut you off, Caps. No,
2: <laughs> you're good. Put that one vine here, like the one where it's like, there are four female Ghostbusters, the feminists are taken over! And then they quote like, <laughs> I'm not an out-version. Out-version. That is that, is <laughs> that guy right out-version.
4: there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my yeah. God. Yes,
0: Thank you so much for literally this conversation is energizing me so much. And um, I wanted to kind of round off our predetermined questions section with uh, we've talked a lot about toxic masculinity and, you know, ways that it can be negative, but let's kind of pivot a little bit and focus this conversation on joy. So what are some ways that you embrace and celebrate your masculinity in the way that you dress, in the way that mm. you like carry yourself, in the way that you identify? Um, how do you experience gender joy in your masculinity?
3: Okay. Um, the way that I like to celebrate and embrace masculinity is by simply honoring it mm-hmm. and welcoming it whenever I feel it, but also letting it go whenever I don't, not holding on to it, um, not judging That's it, bar. not worshiping it, just simply allowing the full fluidity of my experience and being being okay with not always understanding it like no need to fully know what it is for it to be real. And if I can give like a more physical um, answer to this, I think for me being an MC, hip hop, rapping really helps me tap into en- both of the energies. And so my, my masculine energy feels more prominent there because mm-hmm. for me in in, in rap and hip hop and being an MC, the first thing you have to do is know yourself. Because it involves you believing in yourself. Because if you don't, you know, everyone else is gonna know you don't. You know, so the first thing you have to do is to tap into these energies, trust them, believe them. And even with that, before I even knew that I was a non binary person, I kind of went back on some like old school lyrics. And I was like, hmm, hmm, what does that mean when I say that, uh, when I say that, God, I don't have any any clear examples, but a lot of it was like I embraced a lot of the times people, like, like people mistreated me for the feminine energy I had, or people used content warning for for homophobic slurs. People called me things, and I took that as a crown. Like people people would call me Maricon a lot, and mm. for people who don't know that that's essentially like that's. Maricon, hotors are essentially like using the fag word in Spanish, mm. and I took that and I was like, yeah, that that is what I am. That's what I bring. That's my energy that disrupts yours, and you're mad about it.
4: Mm. And so
3: I went and Facts. I ran with G. it, and you know that's something that I'm I'm proud of, and I always have been proud of. But it only showed up when I was when I was rhyming, when I was rapping. Like I I tapped into a part of me that really was like, hey, you know yourself, you trust yourself. Like allow yourself to fall, and let the Mm. words, let the rhythm, like like Jester was saying, let the vibrations take over.
1: (laughs) Let's I like to celebrate and
3: embrace it.
0: Love, thank you so much. What about you, Cal?
2: Um, For me, I think I experienced masculine joy. Um, I'm basic. I'm a golden fucking retriever where it's very easy. Um, it's just like getting, <laughs> you know, getting dressed and like sometimes I'll like snap and send to my friends. I'll be like, oh, look at you, boy. And I'm like, oh, yay, that's me. I am yeah. that boy. Yes, yes that is you, honey. Let's go. Something as simple as you, someone using my pronouns or calling me by my yes. name gives me such joy. Oh. Um, especially because I struggled with that hardcore in high school, I had a very bad friend group, and they did not... Yeah, there was a bad shit going on. Um, and then I reached college, and it was like, oh, everyone's a lot more chill, and a lot more open, and I am able to express my masculinity a lot more safely, and a lot more happily. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's just being called a boy sometimes it just gives me so much joy. Um, it's just mm-hmm. the little things like that. Um, just... And I think the biggest thing is the acceptance I've had within myself. And I think that's definitely brought me the most joy. Sometimes I'll have like really bad days with dysphoria and things like that. Um, and I try to remind myself like how far I've come in terms of my own progress, um, in terms of my own joy, how much happier I am now. Like, I mean, biggest example, my hair short now, it used to be longer and it was very bad. And then I got my hair cut, and it was, literally a rush of just serotonin straight up being having a more masculine haircut was like oh hell yeah i like this like this is this is joy i want to keep this so something like even just getting a haircut it -hmm. just brings me so much joy
4: it's amazing
0: (laughs) thank you for
2: sharing Cal.
0: (laughs) it's awesome what about you jester
4: um i think for me hearing both of y'all answers like when i when I was, like, thinking about an answer for this question. It's just, like, I think for me em- embracing masculinity or, and celebrating, it, I'm just, like, well, I feel like that's that's just me every day. So I was just, like, I think for me since I have that privilege of, like, not needing to, like, um, kind, of, k- kind of celebrating it for myself since, like, oh, this is just, like, me normally. Like, I kind of, like, like take this privilege of mine of, like, not um, needing to have to do that to kind of, like, to kind of, like, advocate for, like, a healthier masculinity, especially around my, like my own community, wearing leggings and, like, doing shit that, like, would <laughs> seem quote-unquote girly in front of my boys and, like, kind of kind of showing them that like masculinity doesn't like come in just one basic form and just because i do certain shit that might look feminine doesn't make me less masculine or less a man you know and that's me like that's me complimenting my boys and that's me kind of like i don't know shit that like normal normal gender norms would ascribe to what a woman would do for a man like i do for my boys Mm. but that doesn't make me less masculine you know
2: Mm. and i kind of
4: like more since again like i don't since i i feel like i don't need to celebrate my masculinity i need to like i feel like i need to celebrate more my femininity i need to embrace more of my femininity and i feel like that's also the times when i do need to celebrate my masculinity It, it feels like i am actually because like it's not too i'm not like putting all my bets down on just being masculine, you know, so that my my life could ebb and flow, like Manuel said. So I, you know, I, yeah, I just, I just, I just try to challenge kind of like how my cis straight male community sees masculinity within myself, because like, I could, I could act like a boy, but then I could act quote unquote girly if you all can't see me yet like listeners, I am doing air quotes because like all of this (laughs) all of these things are is just energies to me and it's not necessarily one specific thing, you know, not the tangible thing. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I I kind of like celebrate my masculinity by advocating for something healthier, like a healthier version of it. Yeah.
1: Amazing. Thank you all for that. I Ah. love that we get to Round off with yeah, happy, happy, and happy joy thoughts. Happy feels <laughs> like. Happy, happy joy is. club. Yes. Joy luck club. The joy um. luck club. <laughs> the <laughs> Oran <laughs>
0: High School host club. The Oran High School host club. But yeah, that I actually show. wanted to like ask really quickly. Um, Noelle, do you do you want to answer this question? Like, I think we it would be cool if like we answered this question as well. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, do you want to go first? I can go first. Yeah. Um,
1: what gives you what gender ways, joy? What gives me gender joy? Oh man. Um, I feel like we've talked about this in our podcast, but um, just uh, I'm like a okay. This is like kind of weird to say, but like um, I'm like a I'm a Gemini. Period. So uh, <laughs> I enjoy variety in in everything in my life, um, and so. A big thing for me is like duality as um, a bisexual woman. So, uh, what gives me gender joy is like I don't know the the fact that I can be wearing a skirt one day and then wearing and then rocking slacks the next day. You know, um, it. I guess I, in fashion that's a huge thing. Like is um, being be able to express my my gender in fashion, um, and just being able to. I don't know, Um, like some days I am feeling down um, because of mental health reasons, because of physical reasons, whatever it is. Um, But I just think like, you know what? Just kidding. I'm a bad bitch. Let me put on some fucking eyeliner. (laughs) Right? And then I'm like, I feel much better. I feel great. (laughs) Or on other days, um, not really like it'll be like, I want to dress up today but sometimes it just doesn't feel like a skirt, you know? Sometimes it feels like like my button down and my fucking Nike's. You know like um I don't know. It, it's just like I guess the freedom to do so um because of accepting both of my energies, you know, like is it 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 makes me feel like Um, I mean, yes, once again, I'm a Gemini. So freedom is very important to me. (laughs) Being able to be free is, like, very important to me. So, like, the fact that I know that I can be what I want. um, And also, like, in terms of expressing myself artistically, like, fashion is a big thing. So, like, so being able to, like, put that on and just be like, this is me. I'm happy. (laughs) Um, That's one of the things. So, yeah. Yeah. I really, I really echo that,
0: Noelle. Um, clothing is is super like affirming for me. Um, for our listeners at home, when we signed on to this podcast, <laughs> me and Noelle were wearing different things, and <laughs> we were just like, you know what? We're talking about masculinity today. Let's dress more mask. And then both of us went off camera and put on button ups. <laughs> like that's that's what feels good to us, you know. And I have a whole um, section in my closet. Oh my god, yeah, me too. I definitely want more. Um, yes. I need more. Um, and I think one thing that I want to share that gives me gender joy, really similar to what like Cal says, um, there are things that are that are very small and simple that I've especially now coming into my non-binary identity that I've realized give me so much joy. Like the first time mm. I I contoured my face like in drag mm. king makeup, I'm just like, oh my God, I could just put a line here and my jawline looks different. And I I did like a little shimmy. I'm just like, ooh, this is so cool. Like <laughs> <laughs> and um but <laughs> even like because i use they them and she her pronouns it makes me it also gives me that little shimmy joy um to hear people use both and sometimes people um my friends who like know me really well have like use them interchangeably sometimes in the same sentence and literally when i hear that i'm just like it feels like you see me for all of who i am and oh. that makes me so so happy
4: oh.
0: Oh. Oh. and with that we are going to wrap up this amazing discussion on masculinity thank you so much to our guests and everything yes
1: amazing speaking of our guests um where can our audience find you uh we can go from Cal manuel to jester king awesome
2: um you can find me on Instagram. Um, I'm trying to post more. It's mostly cosplay stuff um, and whatever else. Beautiful. My shenanigans with friends. Uh, but you can find me at cryptid underscore cal. Yes. Yes. Or go and find me It will be in the
1: description. Yes. Yes.
3: Uh, and you can find me. I have a very limited social media presence, but I'm popping on IG. You can find me at <laughs> MSVJR and... You can find me as the other half of Final Thems at Final Thems at Instagram. Uh, we're on a little bit of a hiatus at a moment due to COVID complications, but in the words of many horror movies, we'll
4: be right back. I love that.
3: <laughs> Amazing.
4: You can find me on Instagram at Jester King Official. Um, I usually use that space, the IG space, to promo my music and everything. You can also find me on SoundCloud. Um, So, the URL soundcloud.com slash J-S-T-R-K-N-G. So, it's basically Jester King without the vowels. And good timing that I did this podcast. I don't know when this will be released, but um, I'm going to be posting a lot more music as the days goes on. There's going to be a four-part melodic bass mix series that I'm going to be putting out in the next four weeks. And then after that, I'm going to start putting out original content on Spotify. And so, please follow me on SoundCloud, and also I'm kind of active on TikTok here and there. I want to be more active, but I just, <laughs> mm. I just wanna, <laughs> I, I just have to find the time for it. But it's Jester King TikTok. You it can, it's usually just filled with my funny bullshit, trying to be funny bullshit, um, and also thirst talks. But I'll let y'all kind of just find that out for yourselves. But yeah, follow me on Instagram, Jester King Official.
1: Also, shout out to Jester King because the song everyone is about to listen to was produced by him as in our theme song for this whole podcast. So thank you once again. It's so great to finally have you on here as well.
0: I love
4: y'all. I love y'all so much.
1: love y'all.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much to to everybody for um sharing your perspectives with our listeners i feel very energized and fulfilled i learned so much today too and we and i hope that you at home have learned a lot as well um so we are going to um close the episode in true fandom fems fashion and now that you're a part of our fandom family (laughs) haha we um you get to be a part of our closing too So thank you so much for listening, everyone. Um, And make sure you follow our guests today and stay posted on Anchor, Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, wherever social media is to keep up with more fandom Thems content. Until our next episode, just remember to be you. Be free.
3: And be the juice you want to be in this life.
4: And be kind along with it. I was not expecting this <laughs> to <pop laughs> me, me off neither. I was trying to <laughs> hold it. in! Full circle, baby. Full <laughs> <In> circle, baby. <laughs> baby. I was trying so hard. I was like, wait what the fuck? <laughs> I lost it. <laughs> my cheeks. That was so good. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm so sorry. Oh my god.
4: <laughs> you're, you're fine. You're fine. This is good. Okay.
2: Nice. <laughs> Can y'all tell? Oh my god. Dude, when is- Whenever you okay. want, BB. Uh, BB um, be authentically you. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, you guys.
4: everyone.
0: Thank- Much
4: yeah. love to everyone. Oh, yes. Hell yes. Hello. Much love, y'all. Spread and it.
1: We are going to say bye. Bye.
4: Bye. Bye. Bye, bye. 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 Ara ara The juice raj la, ju- la ju- <laughs> juice think? juice la juice la jugo <laughs>